0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcasts. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right, no credit card necessary, and simply search for our shows to start listening.
1: Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is the Dan Patrick
2: Show. Ah, uh, new and improved, or at least new. Welcome to the program. Dan and the Dan and Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. And once again, we encourage you if you want to do a drive-by and watch the show. You know, the big complaint is a lot of people couldn't find us on audience or direct TV or the pay for direct TV. Or be able to find us on BR Live. And we do appreciate those partnerships over the years. But now I've taken matters into my own hands. You can go to YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Watch all three hours. And more importantly, you can do so for free. Gang's all here, ready to go. Fritzy a little banged up, playing hurt. But uh, he is here. And, uh, and body and mind. Or at least mind, feels like. Or maybe body. I don't know what percentage you are. What would you say you are
3: today? I would say something in the
2: 64%. 64%, and that's pretty good. I'll take that every day from you. Yeah, Paul. What would you describe
0: his complexion as right now? It's kind of a, like, a, like a gray day in, the, in a cold winter town, like a, kind of a palish gray.
2: I don't know. Like a Benjamin just, Moore color. I just look at a winner. you got the color of a winner who came in and drove an hour to get here.
0: I definitely feel
3: like I could pass out before noon Easter. Yeah. And my, my skin color definitely shows that.
2: Well, I have my airstream in the back. Well, no, I don't want you. I don't want you to put those germs on my blanket, my I pillow. I appreciate back the there. offer
3: for a second there.
2: Biosphere, something like that. <laughs> but uh, glad to have you here, Todd. It's our first day, and Fritzy did not want to miss that. We just uh, hope that you're going to be able to feel better and you're back to normal tomorrow. I appreciate that, uh, McLovin, How have you been over there, sitting next to Fritzy?
4: Uh, I think the the scary part of the contagious part is over. Okay, but. Okay. You know, obviously, current events is on everybody's mind, and it's always like we're all kind of amped up oh, over here. Oh boy, yeah! I mean, it's been it's been a wild
2: time in the news. Yes, it has. And I haven't re- like you notice it, but then I don't want to notice it too much because then it it just it's going to consume you. Now, now, you know, making sure you wash your hands, don't shake hands with anybody. If somebody coughs, somebody sneezes, I'm guessing we should do that all the time, but. Now with the coronavirus and and what it means, uh, the impact it's going to have here, I mean, this is global when you think about it. And then, you know, we're talking about the Olympics, not that the sporting event should be, you know, the biggest thing we're talking about. But in our world, they may have to postpone the Olympics. It's that big. And they probably have a drop dead date sometime in May where they have to make a decision. But. It's certainly something that's being discussed here in the United States. And when it first happened, I thought maybe it's contained there, Um, but it's not. Yeah, Fritzi.
3: My daughter was supposed to have an exchange student from France coming literally in about eight days from now. And then my daughter was going to go there for a couple of weeks. And I just got word a little while ago that's all canceled. Yeah. maybe next year they'll reschedule it, but th- that stuff is all over now.
2: Well, I wonder what happens when we get to large sporting events, you know, March Madness, you know, it, it, is anybody going to have any concerns about that? Um, you know, we don't have anything else where we're getting a lot of people together in one building. You're going to have the championship final four in the championship game, but I don't know if there's anything where people are going to be nervous about going to events like that, but uh, yeah, kind of scary. And the more you read, it feels like the more I read, the less I know. The more I read, the less serious it is, it feels like. Uh, but I, I, you know, I'm aware of it, but I don't sit here and go, I'm going to let this just consume me. Do
0: you make any life changes? Like a little bit more careful, maybe public transportation or whatever it may be? I haven't thought, I just haven't thought of it.
2: I, I just, I don't know. Maybe I should, but I don't. Because if if you if you let it, kind of consume you, it takes over your life there. But it's real, that's for sure. Um, LeBron James had a great night, uh, and they needed everybody of his 34, 13, and 12 performance against uh, Zion Williamson. Zion had a career-best 35. L.A. won the game. They swept the seasonal series with uh, the Pelicans. It's a shame they can't play you know at least once or twice a week. That would be great. Um, but this is another great performance by, by LeBron and plenty of room on the bandwagon for him for MVP. Alvin Gentry, Pelicans head coach, talking about LeBron James.
4: I'm just amazed
2: <laughs> that they talk about anybody other than him for MVP. You know, that's, that's what he does.
3: Every team that he's been to, every team that he's gone, have a chance to win the championship. So, you know, to me, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure what the definition of MVP is, but he makes everybody on his team better and it makes it difficult for everybody.
2: Yep. Uh, If Zion wins, or uh, if uh, the Greek freak wins, great. I have no problem with that. Even Zion with Rookie of the Year. like John Morant has been great from start to finish as a rookie. Uh, I think he's more deserving. Zion is getting the headlines here. He's more spectacular. Uh, Although John Morant's pretty spectacular as well. But I would rather award somebody who's done this from start to finish. Zion's come on and he's been great, probably better than advertised. Ja Morant wasn't really advertised. I think people are seeing him maybe for the first or second time. Maybe they saw one game in the NCAA tournament. Or you saw a highlight where he jumped over somebody. But Zion had, what, 31 nationally televised games last year. And we were waiting for his coming out party. He's been fun. And uh, you saw that on display last night. And Zion, you know, he's still, what, 19? I mean, that's what's crazy about this. You you look at Luka Doncic. Doesn't Doncic feel like he's 26 already? Didn't he go from 19 to 26 in the same year? It just feels like that. Trey Young is exactly that. Trey very young. Ja Morant. Like, you just, you have a, a Great group here. The next wave. Yeah, McLovin. But it, you're right. It's like doncic has been around forever. Like, oh, that guy, he's yeah. old news. It, it does feel like that. Not, nothing he does now where you go, hey, did you see what Doncic did? If if he does a triple-double, you just go, oh, okay. It's it's not, it, I don't know. There's just nothing where you go, oh, okay. Trey Young. You just go, oh, okay. That's oh, a nice night. Yeah, Paul.
0: McLovin's been a Donchik truther for years, saying he's five years older than his... Is what he says.
2: He certainly looks it. He's built like that. He plays like that.
4: Yeah, I mean that. I I feel like I lost that battle at some point. So I've just I've kind of don't want to miss the Doncic bandwagon in case he gets hot in the spring. I felt like I was behind on that one. You were early on that one. You're yeah. like this guy's amazing. Yeah, but he's a guy that you can't undersell. Can you?
2: No, I, and I think Dallas is really a fascinating team because you know they score. They, that's a great scoring team. And Porzingis is now coming back to what he was when he was with the Knicks. He just had a, you know, his last game, he had, what, five blocks and five threes that he made, which has never happened before in the history of the NBA. But you look at the scoring duos, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they're uh, combining for sixty-two and a half points. Then Anthony Davis and LeBron, 51, almost 52 points, almost 52 points for Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. The Greek Freak and Chris Middleton, 51 points. Donchick and Porzingis at uh, 47, almost 48 points per game. You know, and I haven't even thrown in, do we know what Kawhi and Paul George are? They haven't played very much together. I think they've had eight games where they've had their starting lineup intact. But if, if you're looking at Western Conference duos, LeBron AD, Kawhi, Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Luka and Christops. I would go LeBron and AD when everybody's healthy, but you know that's the big question mark. I just don't know about Anthony Davis. It, it, as wonderful as he is. I just it feels like he's always nicked up. Kawhi and Paul George. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Paul George has been nicked up. Kawhi has load management here. Harden and Westbrook. They play. <laughs> I probably say Harden and Westbrook are the best duo because every single night. They're playing. Luke and, and Thompson is, is interesting, but they're not, they're not there yet. Yeah, Pauline.
0: But don't you think Westbrook and Harden are more likely to get in a fight with each other than another, another team? They always look like they're mad at each other, not the other guys. Yeah.
2: Not always, but you but know it, what I mean. But they're working it out on the floor, which is always interesting and at times dangerous. It feels like they're still trying to figure out how to coexist there. But Russell Westbrook has lived up to more than lived up to what we thought. Because I thought, who's going to, is he going to be okay with Harden just pounding that ball? And he has to because he's joining uh, Harden's team. But look at the numbers. I mean, he's averaging 27 and a half. Look at the game he had against Boston, he had a monster game.
4: Yes, McLovin. How much better are the Western Conference playoffs than the Eastern Conference playoffs? The way you're describing it, it's
2: going to be a war. And imagine if the Pelicans would play the Lakers first round. They're a couple of games out. How great would that be?
4: Hey, well, Memphis destroyed the Lakers I know. the other day with Jabari. That, that's That's where, a good 8
2: too. I know. Where you go, wait, this is the same Lakers who got destroyed by Memphis and then they squeak by New Orleans. Can't we
4: just jump right on the John Morant bandwagon if Zion's out of the playoffs? Or is it? Oh
2: yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. John Morant's real deal. He's not afraid, and and it. He's got a better all-around game than Zion does. But Zion, what he does around the rim, I well, mean that explosiveness. But John's been around a long time, and we've seen this before from John Morant. And what he, do you mean he's been around a long
4: time? And even Zion's been around. Now it's about Shake Milton. <laughs> <laughs> you have an
2: eight-day window to make it. Shake a... <laughs> Milton from the Sixers. What did he end up with? Did he have like 30, 39, yeah, 39 <laughs> points? And didn't he make all of his three-pointers?
4: He, he had a 19 for 25 stretch oh, okay.
0: in five games. Yeah, Paul. But look at how interesting the West is. The 7, 8, 9 team in the West are the Mavericks. Pretty interesting. Grizzlies pretty interesting. And Pelican's pretty interesting because of Luka and yeah. all that. The 7, 8, 9 team in the East, the Orlando Magic, the Brooklyn Nets, the Washington Wizards. Yee.
2: I mean, Bradley Beal's fun, but not oh, that Oh, no, fun. no, the, the, the East is...
0: You're magic. I, you, you're the only person no, I, know I know on know. earth who watches the Magic. I
2: know, I know. But, man, it, it can be really tough sometimes. It just feels like, you know, being on the East Coast, and then I tune in to NBA League Pass, and then I, there's that damn wizard game just staring at me, or a Pistons game, <laughs> and I go, God. it. And then I feel bad because I go, everybody's probably saying the same thing. All right, I'll watch the Pistons. I'll watch the Wizards. You don't get extra credit.
4: Yeah, make love. I watched the Cavs Sixers the other day, and I think Andre Drummond is a Cavalier. Like, Yeah, yeah, got traded. Do the Pistons Pacers, and, well, not the pay. they're pretty good, but do they just alternate players? It's all the same team, kind of?
2: I think that they could actually go in at halftime, change uniforms, and play for the other team, and nobody know the difference. They'd just go, man, man our team isn't any good. Yeah, Paul.
0: I thought Andre Drummond, uh, I thought McLovin was making that up. I confirmed six
4: games so far with the Cleveland Cavs.
2: Well, they're already a great rebounding team with Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love, and then they bring in Andre Drummond. Expiring contract. It's, oh, you know, yeah. it's some sort of yeah. contract. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Andre Drummond, even though he's been a very good player and improved his stock, but are you going to win with Andre Drummond on the floor as your big man? All right, some phone calls here. Scott in Florida joins us. Hi, Scott. What do you have for me today?
3: Hi, DP. I just wanted to say, uh, simplify and honor your dad. First off, from one jarhead to another, and uh, the best—I uh, got two best. Uh, the U or uh, the World Sevens Rugby Tournament it was in LA this weekend, and a beautiful textbook, massive hit from the Fijian on the Scottish player. Look it up; it's epic uh the worst of course was the usa's performance in said tournament with severe arm tackling which was pathetic
2: all right well thank you scott i've been waiting for a rugby update (laughs) finally got it i don't think we should mess with scott though he sounds pretty tough well rugby guys and wrestlers i don't mess with i do not taylor in nebraska joins us hey taylor what do you have for me today
0: Oh, Dan, first-time caller, long-time listener. All right. Five foot nine. wore out, 223. Okay. Um, I, have, I have three QB swaps. I want your opinion on which one would treat you the most or which one you would pay to see.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, Tom Brady to the Chargers, Philip Rivers to the Patriots. Brady actually leads the Chargers to a Super Bowl, and Rivers actually gets to a Super Bowl to Patriots, vice versa. Or Brady to the Colts, Andrew Luck, out of retirement to the Patriots. They swap twelve. <laughs> or... Tom Brady to the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo back to the Patriots, possible Super Bowl matchup.
2: Well, that one's the one that intrigues me the most. I mean, I'd love to have Andrew Luck back in the game, but if you said Brady goes to San Francisco, and thank you, Taylor, for your phone call, Brady goes back home to play for his childhood team, and then Jimmy Garoppolo goes back to New England, and then Bill Belichick finally gets his young quarterback. Yes, Eden?
1: It's funny to keep hearing people bring that one up. I was watching the combine this weekend, and Deion Sanders oh, I was talking I saw about it. That.
2: He was—he says it makes sense. I don't know if it makes sense because if I'm New England, I would take Jimmy Garoppolo for Tom Brady right now. If you said that I can, if I'm Belichick and I love Belichick, uh, you know, or Belichick loves Garoppolo, then I would say, all right, then you'll get your guy, who's what 15 years younger than Brady. Tom's got one or two more years. He goes to San Francisco. All right, They're both hot. They
1: are. That's definitely the hottest trade of all time, of two hot quarterbacks. Based on looks, the hottest. trade. Oh, if we
4: do
0: a draft of hottest trades of all time, ooh,
1: that's right up there.
4: Yeah, yes, McLeod. Like I can't think of two quarterbacks ever really been traded. Does that happen? So I. I'm trying to think a hot quarterback. and I'm think, well, if Cam Newton got, there, I haven't
2: he's really got a great thought about on. this, McLovin. To be honest with you, I've, well, I'm all in now. Yeah, I know. Yes. Yeah, Do you think that's
1: why Belichick sent Garoppolo there for nothing under the with the understanding that in a year or two you're going to
2: send him back my way also for nothing? Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, you're getting Tom, so you're getting something. Mm. Like Belichick says, hey, uh, we won't sign Tom if we can get Jimmy J back. Yes, McLeod.
4: I mean, it's a no-brainer that Jimmy G is better looking than Derek Carr, right? that's, that's I mean, I don't want to go down this road okay. today. All right. You sure? Yeah, I do. Depending on the market, Derek Carr is, you know.
2: Are we going to have the hot quarterback draft?
4: We've been trying to get that back. Did we do it before? I can't remember. It was a hot no, guy no, draft. No, no, we
2: had a hot guy draft. I need a little more time to prep for a hot quarterback
4: yeah, draft.
1: Yeah, my big board's a disaster. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And are we including this year's draft class or not? Oh, Justin Herbert. His hair, though. Polarizing.
2: Justin Herbert's hair is it's polarizing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> big, weird hair. I like it, but... That's called college moss is all that is. <laughs> big,
1: weird hair. <laughs> yeah, that kind of looks it? like
2: pictures from you at college, actually. That, that sounds like it. a band. Big, weird hair. Ladies and gentlemen, big, weird hair. Joe Burrow kept it tight when he was yeah, on did. set. Yeah. Did you see Jordan Love and Justin Herbert standing next to Joe Burrow? They they make him look really thin. Uh, Herbert's a big guy, and Jordan Love is a big dude as well. Those two guys next to Herbert, or uh, next to Burrow, it was like whoa. Yeah, you forget those guys. Pretty good size there, yeah, club.
4: Well, when Burrow was in set Super Bowl, it struck me as he was kind of a bigger guy. Like to us, like he, yeah, was, he was
2: just taller than I thought. He was slight though. He, he oh, teases, I see. What you're he teases yeah. his hair up, Burrow yeah. to Make him look taller. at yeah, yeah, look that way. Yeah, he added maybe a half inch to his hair. If we would have known his hands were nine and a half or nine inches when we met him, maybe we need to do that. Every, every time we go to the Super Bowl and we meet a quarterback, how do we measure their hands without, can I get a patch of wet cement and right. then have them put their hands in there? We're on it. Hey, this is a tradition. Everybody does this. You know, It's like, what, what is that Chinese theater in uh, Los Man's Chinese theater in Los Angeles where you put your hands in there. And then we can measure their hands before they get to the combine. We'll make some news.
4: Yes, that's great. It's like one of those shows where they try and get DNA from some from the perp or the <laughs> unsub,
2: like secretly. We'll get secret hand size. Yes, and scoop everybody. Yeah, I, I never I didn't think of Tua's hands when I shook his hands or his hand. Didn't even think of them. You didn't say in your head nine and five eighths. No, I did nine but and five I, I, I forget who Jim Druckenmiller. Had like eleven and a half inch hands. Remember the guy the Niners drafted? <laughs> so that's why this whole your hand size—it's—it's it's silly. Wait, what's Joe Montana's hand size? I have no idea, but I'm going to guess it's under ten. Seemed like he did okay.
4: Yes, yes. There please. was one guy. I think it was a Cuda who had two different hands.
2: Oh yeah, one. No hand sizes. Hand sizes. <laughs> Everyone has two different hands, and one was eight and a
4: half, and it said pinky deformation. Uh, on the official, <laughs> he had a nine-and-a-half and an eight-and-a-half, and one that was a pinky door. This is insane. Oh.
2: I do like that we, I, I say this every year, that the Combine, you know, it's on and it's usually background for me, where, you know, I'm just checking to see how my boy Rich Eisen is doing, and I like Daniel Jeremiah, and we're, you know, kind of desperate to see some football, because it's not necessarily the drills, but then they show you highlights of some of these players. And, alright, but I don't come out of this with a a different opinion of anybody. Like, you know, Ruggs III, I thought, was fast going in, and he's fast coming out. Isaiah Simmons, he was, you know, projected to be a top-ten pick. He's a wonderful player. But then, as my source said, he's great, uh, but not great on tape. So when you see game, that's what it should come down to. How good are you in a game? Because then, like Chase Young, all right, you're spectacular in the Big Ten. How did you do against Clemson? Not much, right? I want to see what you do in a big moment. And there's all this talk about, you know, Tua with the redskins, and we'll talk about that coming up. Yeah, Paul? It is fun watching
0: the, the combine for the highlights, the repackaging at night, but when you're watching in the middle of the day, and they got 40 different defensive backs, and all of a sudden, here's Rich goes, uh, Trey Smith out of Missouri ran a 451 the first run. Ooh, that's a 4-5-2. It sounds not, like not, Rich
2: not, is doing golf, not what he liked. Doing the combine. Cuz he it, I don't know where they are proximity-wise, but he's very respectful.
1: Yes, they actually talked about that this weekend. Why they kind of have to keep it down here as of the golf voice. Yes. And they said because it's such a like the it's so quiet in there and that it's just sort of like uh the atmosphere isn't like a sports Thing. there's like people mm. that are actually paying attention to certain things and it's just more of a subdued atmosphere so they have to keep it down low mark. rather than be like bah, football bah, bah, bah. mark lawrence out
0: of
2: tampa ran a 452 not what he's hoping for and here is the uh, jeff akuta out of ohio state and he ran 439 yes mclovin
4: do you care about this where they move it out of indie storyline and, and and what seed says they're going to put like 15,000 people in the stands in LA or something. I don't know. But
2: how many people went to Indianapolis? I'll check. I didn't hear the audience. Don't they let the crowd in?
4: I thought they did do that. Yeah, I'm curious. It's, I didn't hear it. It sounded like, like any mausoleum. any
2: to make money, but I I didn't hear. I'm I'm assuming people would want to go to watch the 40. Maybe the crowd was just as respectful of Rich Eisen. Oh, they it was they were totally silent
0: good. the entire time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> a, a golf crowd would have been louder because there's always some idiot that says get in the hole. But, you no. Know. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, and I'm wondering. I mean, it's all about business. So Vegas or Los Angeles or both are going to get the combine, it feels like. Loyalty be damned, right? 22 after the hour. Take a break. Back after this with your phone calls in the Dan Patrick Show.
3: Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com.
0: What's happening, everybody? This is the official Official Lakers Lakers podcast. podcast. I'm your host,
1: Mike Trudell. Super pumped to be here flanked by Aaron Larsuel. You ready to go? I'm ready to go.
2: Let's, Let's get, get it. it. I think the Lakers will be a top 10 defense. Okay, you're calling your shot again. A
1: team that has two stars or two superstars in this case, as LeBron and AD, can sometimes cancel each other out. But I think they're both good candidates for MVP.
0: I really like the way that this team uh, just feels to be around. Mm-hmm. The uh, it's a it's a very clear message. It's two stars in LeBron and AD, and it's everybody else that's on board.
1: The relationship that is developing between those two, off the court and on the court, their cohesiveness on the court. I think in this case, this is a special case that the two of them will enhance each other as opposed to taking away from each other.
0: Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave a review.
1: Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.
2: More phone calls coming up, somewhere Deontay Wilder said, yep, let's give it a go, a rematch with and Fury, and I understand it, certainly from Wilder's perspective, I'm going to guess he doesn't wear the 45-pound uh, the costume into the ring, do you know that he actually worked out with a 45-pound weight vest on, working out to get ready for that fight? I don't know if he did that to simulate the costume or he was just working out with a weighted vest on. And that's why when you hear, hey, the costume took, uh, you know, my legs out from me, you know, like, I, you know, I was too tired to get into the ring. I'm like, eh, I don't think so. But uh, he's got a chance at age 34 to get another big payday. And uh, if you're Tyson Fury, don't screw this up because you got Anthony Joshua there for a really, really, really big payday. You could do that at Wembley. You could do that fight at Wembley Stadium. You could sell that out. You'd get 90,000 people in there for that fight, maybe even more. But that's what's at stake here. But uh, Deontay Wilder wants another piece of uh, Tyson Fury. I don't know if anybody's interested in it. I think if the ages were reversed, then I might be a little more interested. Because uh, Deontay Wilder, is, he's a puncher, and Tyson Fury is a boxer. But it feels like it'd be the other way around. When you see Tyson Fury, you go, he just looks like one of those James Bond villains or something, where you go, it's just brute strength. He's actually a boxer. Deontay Wilder is the puncher. Uh, We talked about Tony Romo and his $17 million a year. Does he become the Kirk Cousins of broadcasters? Like Kirk Cousins, no matter what he does the rest of his life, it feels like he's going to be like 65 years of age, and people go, yeah, $84 million guaranteed. Tony Romo's going to be $17 million guy. Yeah, Paul.
0: So you think the tide will turn against him because of the paycheck a little bit? Social
2: media-wise? um, You might get a little of, oh, that's all you're giving us for $17 million a year. Like, people aren't paying this, but you, you might. But I couldn't care less. Tony, good for him. Good for Jim Nance to keep Tony in there. It's a great pair. You know, I enjoy watching. I enjoy listening to them. Is he worth it? If somebody is willing to pay it, then you're worth it. That's what it comes down to. And if you get leverage, this is what they wanted. Leverage. Tony's people wanted leverage. You got leverage because ESPN was like, we got one chance to get him. And they just blew that chance. Because now he signed up for 10 years. He had one chance. And he lost it. Yeah, McLevin. There's no sport that guys are tied to their salaries more than NBA.
4: Remember like John Koncak and, yeah. and uh, John Wall. Do we ever talk about John Wall without his contract?
2: Well, there's nothing else to talk about. He's injured. I, I don't know what else to talk. Alan Crabb, I always felt that, that was the de facto answer for guys who are overpaid. Do you know how much Alan Crabb makes? I've never met Alan Crabb, and he might be a nice gentleman. But um, we always talk about guys being overpaid, and you're like, Alan Crabb. Yeah, Paul.
0: We were just discussing, and the Knicks have like half a dozen guys oh who they God, maxed right. out and, and at the, after they were not that great anymore.
4: Wait, who's, who are the Mets still paying forever? Was it Bonilla?
2: Bobby Bonilla. I think that's another 10 years on that deal. He deferred all of his money. It was a good business decision. All right, did we change the poll question, or we stayed well, the same? I wanted to
4: ask, do you uh, let the analysts uh, affect your view oh, habits in okay. football? I'm not sure how you word it, but like... I, th- I feel like, you know, I'm sort of a Sunday ticket w- watcher, you know, red zone watcher, where I flip around a lot. So it doesn't, I don't always ho- focus on the color. Handles.
2: Well, Jim Miller, who wrote the ESPN book, said last hour that you might stay longer with somebody like Tony Romo if the game is not in doubt. And, and this is what Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth do better than anybody. They're a great hang, because I feel like I'm going to dinner with Al and Chris, and if there's a game that's lopsided... That's a great hang where you're just listening to them talk, and it might not be directed to the action you're seeing, but there's some value in that. But you put the best best analysts, best broadcasters on the best games. I don't know if you you want a true test of this, have Tony and Jim Nance do a game with the Jets against uh, throw out a team. It's Bo- Jets Jaguars. Is the rating going to be much different than if you had Iron Eagle on there? And I don't know if you know, the numbers are any different. You know, with Tony Romo in there instead of Phil Simms. I, I don't know. You know. I get a better feel with Tony and Jim than I do with Phil and Jim. But that's because Tony's newer. And there's a freshness. Phil Simms was doing it for a long, long time. Yeah, for two. If
3: Nance and Romo were signed to Jets Jaguars, my instinct would be, ooh, Jets Jaguars <laughs> must be some interesting storylines that I'm not aware of. And then of.
2: you realize, no, there's not. There's no interesting storylines there. Yeah, McLevin. Love and Eagle though. We want to. Oh yeah, I, th- I think Iron Eagle is great. I think he's one of the more underrated announcers. He used to do the Nets with Mark Jackson, and the two of them were very, very. Fun I think he WWE. still does the Nets.
4: Yeah, but not Mark Jackson.
2: No, no, no. Oh, oh.
4: By the way, Jackson. And, what do you th- Those guys uh, yesterday, they're very relaxed in the booth.
2: Yeah. I would caution them. It feels like it gets a little sideways with those guys. But I I, I love Van Gundy's sense of humor. I do. I think he's sneaky, great sense of humor. But you just don't want to because I was I was listening to Bill Walton and Richard Jefferson and Dave Pash, and they were doing UCLA Arizona, and it became less about the game, and that was an important game. Walton by himself is great, but you know, as the producer, you gotta you gotta make sure that they understand. There's a moment, there're moments. There's time when you can have fun, but keep it as close to calling the action correctly here. And it got a little loose there for me when I'm watching that. And that's a, that was a big game, yeah, McLove.
4: But we always credit TNT's studio show as the best studio. That's show. That's a
2: studio show. There's no game going mm. on. Like I expect them to be entertaining, but when a game is going on, and I was watching that game. UCLA in Arizona. And, you know, it's an important game. But it Bill and Richard Jefferson were like it became a little too much about them. And you gotta be careful with that. You know, and then Dave Pash is trying to be land the planes here at LAX, and and it's and it's really difficult. So I just Sometimes when I'm and I've been in this situation before, where you know I've taken things off the rails as well. I understand it. You get you get caught up in it, and you think what you're saying or how you're saying it is really interesting. When you're there to get people from point A to point B, yeah, Paul?
0: And, and sometimes it works on second or third tier games. They brought Pat McAfee in, the former Colts punter, on Thursday Night Football on ESPN this year, the the college game, and it'd be like Louisiana Lafayette versus Memphis. Not a no offense, not Alabama Auburn. And McAfee had room to roam, and it was fun and had a good time. But I, I can imagine if, if you put McAfee on Auburn, Alabama, and there, it's one versus four, he might have to rail, rein in a lot.
2: Well, yeah, because nothing's really at stake. You know, you know Lafayette, Louisiana Tech, or whatever, it, it, you know, we're watching and you're going, okay, like give me something that might help make this more exciting. But I don't, I don't know, when's the last time you tuned into a game because of who was broadcasting the game? Because I, I just assume you know that 4 o'clock, 4.30 game on Fox or CBS is a great game. I'm, I'm assuming the Sunday night game is a great game. But I, I, I don't go, mm, I'm not interested in this Sunday night game, but Alan and Chris are doing it. Yes, Seaton.
1: Right. I mean, I don't think that you ever tune in because of the broadcasters, but the broadcasters can make the game better. Yeah. You know? And so I, I think that's kind of the difference because there's some teams that I'm watching the game no matter what, but when you find out it's the B team, you're like, oh. Okay. Yeah, McLovin. I actually tuned into Gruden
2: because I didn't want to miss out on social media conversation. It was a completely <laughs> different reason. I understand that. It was funny. Yeah, yeah, because he was going to say something that you're going to go, wait, what did he say? We used to play the Gruden game. Like, did he really say this? That there, guy's got three ankles. I call that guy a three-ankle guy. What? And, and you know, poor is like, what are you talking about, Trico? But I always thought Gruden was like the Dr. Phil of of football broadcasters, he would just say something that was so random and you go, what? Like Dr. Phil always does that. Right. Fritzy?
3: You bought a fancy aquarium. You ain't got no fish in it. Yeah. And, that, and you're that. going,
2: I don't know what that means. Like John Gruden to me was like Dr. Phil just from, he'd have these expressions. That guy got another doctor. Your, ph- your
3: cat stuck in a tree. You're calling the pharmacist. That's not going to get
2: you
3: anywhere. <laughs> it's not going
2: to get you anywhere. Patrick in Ohio joins us. Hi Patrick, what do you have for me today?
1: Hey, how you doing? Good, um, sir. I just uh this is uh 61019 by the way.
2: Okay.
1: And this is Patrick from Miami, Ohio, and I um I was talking about uh, the, the Combine, they, they seem to sugarcoat it, and they make it uh, the, the complete opposite of what it's like in a real game. Um, they tell, you talked about how quiet it is there with Rich Eisen, and um, it would make more sense to get these people out um, with 100,000 fans or, or some at least some noise and some music and some yelling and screaming, so it's more realistic to see how they really perform under the lights.
2: Yeah, um, yeah but it's not real these, uh, football. Players. Thank you, Patrick. It's not real football. But it it does, it serves a purpose, and it gets you from the Super Bowl, gets you to the draft. From the Super Bowl to the draft, in between, we get free agency, and then we get the combine. All right. Yeah, And I mean, they just spent all
1: that time in college playing in, like, a crazy atmosphere with 100,000 people screaming and a band playing and (laughs) all that
2: stuff, like. That's why these guys always they talk themselves into something or out of something because of what happened this weekend at the combine. <laughs> I guarantee, I guarantee you. You got somebody right now telling his GM or his coach or his owner going, "Man, we got to have this guy. Wait, are you sure? You could probably get him mid to late first round. I think we got to go up and get him." Really, you think we got to go up that high to get Jordan Love? I'm telling you, if we don't, somebody else is going to. Yeah, McLeod. I mean,
4: the Isaiah Simmons train was a bullet train, out yes, of it was until you just shot it down by saying he plays too. By uh, saying a source said he plays too high, because uh, all the guys on NFL Network were saying three and four are now strong possibilities.
2: I'm only going by you know my source who said, hey, freakish. He called him freakish these numbers, but he said he doesn't play like that on tape.
4: But I think an NFL coach might say, I can fix that, right?
2: I don't I don't know. He didn't offer up. He's he's not a coach. He's a scout. So he's saying, you know, he doesn't play that way on tape. Well, the scouts always like tape. Coaches always like the
4: athletic numbers because they say, he wasn't coached right. We can coach him up better. That's the old argument inside buildings, right? I've read that. Oh, before. I don't... Coaches I, don't care what he looked. They said, I can fix that. They all say that and they never can.
2: Well, I think that comes with the territory as a coach. You know, you you think you're able to bring in, I mean, that would happen with certain teams, you know, like the Oakland A's in baseball. Like it didn't matter if we didn't like each other. Come on in and I'll, I'll make you play great baseball. The Oakland Raiders were like that. You know, we would take your cast off. You know, the coaches always feel like they can make you better. I understand that, but uh, that's not always the case. I want to see what you do in a game that I got a tape, not you're running a 40-yard dash or you're doing a cone drill or you're making – like C.D. Lamb had this unbelievable catch. Look at his tape. You don't – look at his tape. That'll tell you a whole lot more than – boy, that, look at that athletic catch that he had there. I think that we want the combine to have meaning – I do. In the media, I think we want it to have some meaning here. These NFL writers, you know, they're looking for something to write. I mean, there's only so many things you can say about Tom Brady and free agency here. You know, they need something of substance here. And it feels like they want to validate the combine. And I, I told you, what, what's most important, according to a source, is the medicals and what they do on the big board when they draw up plays. For your for your quarterbacks. They want to know. Those are the most important things. Those aren't even televised. The things that you're seeing. And then Chase Young doesn't run. Joe Burrow doesn't do anything. The importance is their wonderlick test, what they do at the big board, and their medicals. That's the most important thing, and those aren't even televised. Yeah, Paul.
0: If you want to go back, you can go to NFL.com and other places and see every year who are the big winners and losers oh, from the combine. Yeah. And it's a coin flip. Like a couple years ago, Alvin Kamara, running back Tennessee, he was hurt a lot, but he dominated the Combine. Everyone thought he could do everything. And then you say the biggest losers of the Combine. Cooper Cup, wide receiver, Eastern Washington. Maybe a great player on the lower level. Maybe mm-hmm. not have all the tools to be a, a a starter in the NFL. He's a starter in the NFL. Yeah, Well uh, He's catching all the time. He's pretty good. Yeah, McClellan. Uh Jonathan
2: Taylor, our guy. I didn't know he was that fast. No. Like, I, I think w-
4: Wisconsin running backs is slow probably, right?
2: I just, I just knew that every time it felt like he got the ball, he was doing damage, but to run a 4-3-9, I believe, I, I was surprised he was that. He doesn't run fast. He might be fast. He doesn't run like he's fast. And there, there's something about, like, Chris Johnson ran like he was fast. Uh, but I didn't get that with Jonathan Taylor. But, you know, he improved his draft stock, you know, if, if somebody's going to take a draft uh, running back that high. Take a break. Last call for phone calls on this Monday. Back after this. Got this day in sports history, a couple more phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Our buddy Pat McAfee, the former Colts punter, I don't know if he was critical of the New Orleans Pelicans with the way that they, were, uh, they introduced Zion Williamson, and so they invited him to be the public address announcer, so Pat McAfee took him up on the offer, and this is what it sounded like.
3: For 10 years, (laughs) the impossible,
4: unstoppable, six-foot-six phenom, Zion (laughs) Williamson.
2: That's Pat McAfee.
0: Dunking on little white kids on the internet
2: for 10 years. (laughs) Uh, Might be his one and done there with uh, Zion Williamson. All right, a couple of phone calls here. Uh, Rick in North Carolina. Rick, what's on your mind? ADP 61176.
1: Yeah. Uh two best for the weekend. One, a uh, beautiful day here in the mountains to drink beer and celebrate my birthday. Uh, second best was uh did it while smoking meat on my brand new Traeger
2: Pro 780. Look at you. Happy birthday there, Rick. Thanks for the phone call. John in Ohio joins us. John, what's on your mind?
3: Good morning, guys. Good best morning. of the week was the Zips five seven point guard, Lauren Christian Jaskins, Soren. Scoring 35 in consecutive games against Bowling Green and Buffalo. All
2: right. The worst of the weekend was the Bowling Green game was a close loss. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, John. Thank you. I like you know getting those uh, weekly updates on Mac basketball there, <laughs> just in case it slips my mind on the to-do list. Paulie, this day in sports history. 1927, Babe Ruth signed a three-year deal with the
0: New York Yankees. What was it per year? What did Babe Ruth make a year in 1927? Who wants a piece of it?
3: $14,000.
2: grand a year for Babe Ruth. Oh, that's when he had the quote, you make more than the president. He I said it. I had a better year. <laughs> yes. Uh, 1962. Will, Which is true. Will Chamberlain
0: scored 100 points against the Knicks. Final score, 169-147. 2014, Indianapolis Colts signed Peyton Manning to a seven-year, $98 million deal with $34 million guy, uh, signing bonus. It was the largest package of deal in the NFL ever at that point. Hmm
2: wasn't when John Madden was making 7 or 8 million dollars a year wasn't he the highest paid person in the NFL and I'm talking about players as well I don't I don't know how many guys were making more than John Madden was and I didn't hear somebody say oh you know that's why we have a problem with our collective bargaining agreement you got an announcer making more than uh, you know 95% of the players here now you got Michael Thomas saying this and Odell Beckham Jr. about Tony Romo's contract. That That's not, that's the networks who need him to be, he's one of the star players. He's an actor. If you take away an actor from some, you know, a show, you know, it'd be damaged. You want to keep that team intact. It's a TV show. That's all. But we get man, people up in arms about what Tony Romo's making. All right. He makes more than Michael Thomas does or whatever. Odell Beckham. All right. He's broadcasting the game. And last time I looked, I don't think Odell Beckham should be critical of Tony Romo's contract. Tony shows up, plays well, and uh, plays at a high level. Broadcast at a high level. How about that? Odell, oh, I'm going to quit. No, all right, quit. Try it. Let's see how you do. (laughs) Looked like he might have quit a couple of times oh. before. What? Oh, what? Wow. Oh, that's going to get to him on social media. All right. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, just get your act together, players, you know? Man. God. <laughs> that's proof that we need to have a new collective bargaining agreement. Tony Romo. What is Romo as far as highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL? 17's probably low now. Yeah. yeah. 17 is a hell of a number for the color commentator. But. Oh, it is. It is. But leverage. He had offers. He had an offer from ESPN. Princy, what did you learn on today's program?
3: 40-20 Greek freak can do a bit more than just run up and down the court.
2: And dunk, yes. McLovin, what did you learn today?
4: Peter King says Redskins and Tua is not happening in a million years.
2: Yeah, it was broken by a Florida newspaper, not a Washington, D.C. newspaper. That's what I found interesting. That's why I thought maybe it's planted. Uh, Cede O'Connor. The one hole in Giannis's game, trash talk. Mm. And free throws, too, I think. Uh, Paulie? His second or last year in
0: the league, Tony Romo made $17 million as a starter. Todd, what did I learn today?
3: Deion Santa said at the combine that it makes sense for Braden Garoppolo to be traded for one another. <laughs>
2: What we learned brought to you by Tacova's boots that are handmade, full-grain leathers, world-class bootmakers. Tacova's cuts out the middleman, sells directly to you at amazing prices. Shipping returns, exchanges free and easy. Visit Tecova's, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash D-P. Tecova's Western Goods for New Frontiers. Talk to you tomorrow.